Welcome back, everyone, to the Flying Lion podcast. I'm here tonight with Sam. And a warm welcome back to Zach, who uh, finally made his way back from Italy. So, Zach, how are we doing tonight? Oh, doing just fine. Glad to be back with the guys talking about soccer. It's been a few weeks now, but being overseas in Italy, I just seeing all the soccer jerseys and everything just really made me want to play and maybe uh, talk a bit more about soccer. So I'm glad to be back. I'm definitely jealous. Sam, how are we doing tonight? Doing pretty good. A um, little sad of, you know, we didn't have too much of, you know, good soccer this past week, but um, we had a little bit, but no FC. So uh, glad to get back here and, and talk about FC in the upcoming week. Absolutely. Zach, before we begin, you got to tell us a little bit of background on this beautiful kit you got on tonight. Oh, yeah. Before we begin, folks, just check out the nice gold uh, V we got going. Um, the Venezia um, kit, I think it was some anniversary, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a um, classic kit. Um, they had a long sleeve, but unfortunately they were sold out. Um, it, it's actually really cool. I don't, I don't know if either of you um, fellas have been to Venice at all. Mm-hmm. Um but their their stadium's actually on the Venice Island. A lot of people, I mean, Venice is almost an entire region, but um, Venice uh, soccer team is, I think it's almost the only grass spot on the entire, like, Venice Island. No way. Which is kind of hilarious, yeah. I would say that, but there's trees. I mean, there's parks, but nowhere to actually play soccer, like, do any sort of activity. So it's pretty cool. Um, small stadium. Surprised how small the stadium was. It's only like 5,000 or something. Wow. It's like a high school, honestly. I've seen bigger stadiums here in the, in the for high schools here in, in the States. So Wow. I mean, they were a Serie A team like a year or two ago. Right. I th- what U.S. Uh, men's national team player was on them? Uh, there was a Tesserman, Tanner Tesserman and uh, Gianluca Buzio. Buzio, that's right. Yeah, which I don't think that they are in Syria anymore. They just got dropped down. But I don't think either one of those guys plays for them. I don't think, as well. yeah, I don't think Buzio is on their team anymore. Yeah, but it was cool to see the year that they wore. I kind of followed it, Zach, and to your point, like I got to see the stadium on like watching games. And you're right. I mean, it's like a floating stadium. It's incredible. I'd be curious to see it on TV. I never thought of that to to watch like a recap or something just to kind of get a feel for it. But I, I actually saw it from a, a boat ride as I was riding in the canal. So I didn't get a good look. Nice, man. Nice. Well, I guess I got to ask you a little bit more because we have a minute to do so. Any other cool like soccer things that you got to see over in Italy? Well, I mean... I did go to Florence and then Rome. So, I mean, you got Fiorentina and Florence. Um, they had some awesome purple uh, kits that I almost bought, but I think uh, Venice was my favorite of the three. But um, scarves galore. Um, nice. Almost every, like, I would, I would say touristy stall had some sort of, like, soccer scarf. Um, I, I saw a lot of... Um, La Liga jerseys. Apparently, a lot of Spanish people probably go to uh, Italy for for trips. But that makes sense. Besides that, I think I also saw any Bre- um, any Brenner kits. Can you confirm? <laughs> no, 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 Udinese. <laughs> uh, 
gets, I guess. I I don't know if he, I guess, he, how long has he been there now? Uh, he's been there for a month, and he just tore his quad, and he's out for four months. Yeah, so I can't imagine many people probably have his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. In one of the pods previous, we were like, Zach, we gotta, we gotta see an Udinese jersey. Like, you got, you gotta get it while you're there. Yeah, I, actually, unfortunately, I think it's a little bit more north than where I went, but gotcha. um, still, it, it's a small club, believe yeah. it or not. Um, I guess being in in Europe, you just have the um. Uh, the draw is kind of the smaller clubs and just being able to see them like rise through the different leagues and stuff. I think Absolutely. it's just kind of fascinating to me. So a lot of the small clubs um, you see are just kind of in the Syria are the first league for like a year and then drop out. And then five years later they come back in. And so the pro L thing, you know, over there is very real. And for those who aren't familiar, you know, relegation, uh, you know, obviously the teams in the States here, we stay in our one divisions, um, but over in Europe or across the world, your team can actually be dropped down to our lower division, which kind of brings animosity, brings good storylines, but isn't so great if you're a fan, um, you know, of these clubs. So it's been kind of interesting, um, you know, following that and like following some of uh, the former FC players, which, you know, we're going to kind of touch on here a little bit in the podcast. Um, on former players, you know, that the uh, FC, I guess, either currently, you know, we're going to touch on a little bit of international duty stuff, but also, again, like former players playing across the world, which I think would be a, a cool time to kind of highlight this during an international break. So um, let's kind of transition into some of our active players. Um, so as Sam and I had mentioned last episode, we had three players who were on their international duties uh, this past week. I think they only had one game, but they had one uh, coming up tomorrow night too. So we'll kind of touch on that. But um, Sam, go ahead if you want to lead us off on uh, one of the three guys and how I guess they did if they did play. Yeah, I was about to say, we only had one guy. Um, and that was <laughs> Bupenza, which um, he's a he's a big part of of that uh, that team in Gabon. Um you know, we had mentioned, you know, when you when we first signed him that he plays along uh, Obama Yang, former Chelsea player, former Arsenal player. Um, but yeah, I think on this on this game, looking at kind of the the recap, uh, Bupenza played okay. Um, it, it was a little interesting to me. What stood out was he played more of a midfield role. Um, he played right midfield. Um, only played seventy minutes, uh, six point five player rating. So. He didn't really contribute much um, to the stat sheet, if you will. Um, I know he had a shot on goal. It was off target, so nothing special there. But, um, yeah, Arias didn't get any minutes. Moreno didn't get any minutes either. Sam, I wanted to real quickly go back to this Gabon game because I don't know if you guys saw what happened. It's an African Cup of Nations like qualifier. right? I did see there was a red card. And there's a red card within the first yeah. five minutes of the game. Uh, the keeper gets thrown out of the game for Gabon. The um, uh, Buanga, I think, for LAFC, uh, their star striker, gets subbed out of the game for a goalkeeper within the first, you know, ten minutes of the game, which is just insane. Um, and then, yeah, they ended up losing, unfortunately, um, one to two. But it was just a fascinating game to kind of like hear about because you want to follow some of these guys and see how they do for their countries. But I just found it fascinating. Yeah, no, that actually, it's funny you say that. Cause that was a, 
extremely wild game. I saw the highlights and there were a bunch of other calls and like other goals and stuff that were just equally as crazy. But I mean, the fact that like everybody gets, I mean, I don't know if you saw the call, but it was pretty egregious in my opinion, Mm. probably maybe warranted a yellow, but you have refs obviously in AFCON that also are just as bad. So I'm, I'm really kind of uh, just, it, it, in other words, it's like having um, referees everywhere that are just. I was gonna say it seems like universal that it's that way. Yeah, they maybe need to like unify them and like create a better system or unify or something. The Some, yeah, pro rel or pro rel pro refs <laughs> needs to uh, step it up here, but it seems like across the world it's that way. But um, as Sam had kind of touched on. Um, Junior Mourinho, actually, his uh, Venezuela team had played Colombia, uh, which was Santiago Arias's team, and neither one of them, you know, got any minutes. It seems like uh, Arias potentially might play a little bit more in their game coming up. Um, Chile is who they play. And again, these are World Cup qualifiers. So for them both to be called in for these huge games is just awesome. You know, it's really, really good. And it I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it kind of brings a good experience for like tournament play, um, which we'll, you know, obviously need at the end of this year for the MLS um, cup run, hopefully. Yeah. I, you know, I'll I'll touch on it a little bit later, but um, yeah, I think the experience factors is definitely something, especially for the young guys who, you know, maybe this is their first call up for their team. Um, You know, it gives them kind of, I mean, there is high risk at, to some degree if you're those nations that, you know, maybe have never had a chance to go to the World Cup or even for the Euros, right? Um, getting a chance to kind of knock off some of the big dogs. Uh, I think I, I think that is a great opportunity for sure. I think Arias, I mentioned on the last um, pod, but I, I don't think he's played for them and, you know, four or five years so just to be around everything probably was awesome for him and his family and for those guys to be back in their home countries too if they are Mm -hmm. playing at home you know for those games so zach anything you wanted to add on our i guess current guys playing internationally right now Uh, not really i mean it's kind of a small squad that we kind of small group of people that we uh shift off so i I think really really yeah, I think we we talked about it a little bit the past two weeks. Like, I think a healthy Mascara would have been on mm-hmm. Colombia as well. Um, and then obviously last week we talked about how Costa <laughs> should have been on Argentina or you know U.S. here when he gets his green card. But yeah, I mean we can talk about that. Um, I, I believe the U.S. won three zero in St. Louis, the mecca of soccer for you know the U.S. Uh, I just think this is ridiculous and. Maybe we can kind of do this as like a shout out for my card of the week, uh, maybe a, a side segment of it. But St. Louis, like in Greg Berhalter, calling them the like mecca of U.S. soccer, and then they only get like 15,000 people to their game versus Uzbekistan. Like, and it's the top like team that we rolled out. It wasn't like it was bench players. I mean, Pulisic was there. McKinney was there. You know, we had all the big stars and they didn't even fill the whole stadium, which like, I don't know, Taylor Twelman's trying to de- defend them as much as he can. But like the U.S. women games in Cincinnati and, you know, pointless friendlies for the U.S. men's national team, you know, against Morocco, all were sold out, you know, no matter what it was in 
Cincinnati and everyone's saying, well, Columbus, Columbus, it's like, no, 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 no. It's, it's switched over to Cincinnati for the U S I, I think personally. I feel, I feel like it was just a matter of time. I don't, I don't really think, you know, Columbus and Ohio is this soccer Mecca as much as Cincinnati is. I mean, you got three different States that I guess, you know, kind of contribute to what Cincinnati can offer from not only a, a club standpoint, but also, you know, a trajectory into professional soccer and college soccer, et cetera. That's a good point. Zach, I could the you're you're kind of <laughs> thinking about that one a little bit, but did you see I mean, the comments that Greg made about that? I just couldn't believe it. I was like, seriously, man? No, I was just gonna say just because Sam's in Indianapolis, that's why he said that. <laughs> I had to mention the other state, you know. <laughs> no, I gotcha. No, it's a good point. I mean, the tri-state, I mean, Cincinnati isn't just Ohio, like you said. I mean, you've got Kentucky and Indiana, and you've got great players coming from all all over there. So, I mean, really, no, I don't have much else to add. But yeah, I I think like I said, that would be my kind of like honorable like shout out for like card of the week. I think my other thing, I, I'm gonna get into it. My other card of the week was just the fact that Miami Inter Miami won without Messi. Messi had a beautiful free kick for Argentina. Um, of course he did, but you know, I was really hoping to see Miami finally fall, um, you know, without him there and kind of just get all of this attention just off of, you know, them. I'm sick of looking everywhere and it's just all about Miami. Um, but I mean, I guess good for them in some ways, but I, I just, I don't like it. I hate it. Sorry. I, I just gotta say, I saw somebody at Kroger the other day and he was wearing a freaking messy Jersey with like inner Miami messy Jersey. I'm like, what are you doing here? Was it a grown man or was it a kid? It was a grown man. <laughs> we hate that. Very sad. Usually see a lot more. Usually see a lot more kid jerseys with Messi on these days. But that, that's what I was going to say, Sam. When you say yeah. like in the stadium when we played them, I mean it was a lot of kids that had it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that may be influences from their parents who are also wearing Messi so, jerseys. But I mean. Zach, any inner Miami Messi jerseys in Italy? Oh God, you saw them on the stalls. You saw them everywhere. Actually, you did. Yeah, they. No I mean, way. They were definitely like, um, what is it like? like not, bootleg, oh, not like, yeah, bootleg. Yeah, like not authentic or anything. You um, actually saw inner Miami jerseys of Messi in Italy. Oh yeah, for sure. Wow, wow, that's crazy. Dang. So were people like rocking it too, or was it just like being sold? I didn't honestly see that many messy, maybe like Barcelona jerseys, but I never saw like an actual inner Miami jersey being worn. Yeah. I always wondered like, you know, how is like Paris, you know, how do those fans like feel about it? Or how does like the people that live in Barcelona, how do they feel? You know what I mean? Like, especially the teams he's been with, uh, do they still support him or, you know, is that more of like a, Hey, we don't really want to talk about him, but I, I think if you're a Barcelona fan, for sure, like best player ever for that club. Yeah, best absolutely. Ever probably in general, but you know what I mean? It's, inter- <laughs> it's really interesting, but Sam, did you have any other, uh, a card of the week? Yeah, I had a card of the week. Um, my, my card of the week is just international breaks in general. Um, I mean, this this one, you talked about, you know, the kind of, I guess, you know, there's a good break for players um, and there's also, you know, qualifying for World Cup, Euros, et cetera. But I just thought the quality of soccer, it's just not 
like specifically this break, like the quality of soccer was not good. Um, you know, you were seeing blowouts from, you know, the, the big teams and they were playing these teams that, you know, you may never have heard of. Um, and for me personally, seeing Moreno, seeing Arias get called up, I thought that was really cool, especially for Arias who hasn't been called up in a while, but right. Like I had mentioned before, these call-ups, they're more for the younger guys. Like if you're going to put them on the, and keep them on the bench and just call them up, let that be a younger guy. Don't let that be, you know, somebody who's a veteran and has been there. And, you know, like, I feel like that's just a waste of time for those guys. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm, I don't know, like, especially at this far in the season, like I kind of just want the guys to get into a rhythm together and not like leave for an extended period of time again, and then come back and try to establish a rhythm or potentially get injured. I think Mourinho, the last international break came back with a knock and he was out for three or four games. Um, and he had only played in like one game with Venezuela. Mm-hmm. It was in a, it was in training that he got hurt. So those are the things that kind of make me nervous for these guys knock on wood, like hopefully everyone's good right now, but um, it explains why Arias got his visa though. I don't know if you guys had seen that apparently, you know, uh, over this leaks cup break, that's why he had to go back. Cause if he actually left the States for, you know, this qualifier, he wouldn't have been allowed back actually. Yeah. That could have been bad. So I'm glad that he actually did get, they told him ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So Zach, did you have a, a card of the week? Um, it, not, I mean, kinda. This is kind of yeah. going back over my uh, trip from Europe, but basically, MLS needs to make it more accessible to Europeans because <laughs> the the timing is just horrible. I hate watching games at one a.m. or two a.m. <laughs> at in the morning. It is not fun, which goes to show why also Europeans probably don't care for MLS or American soccer because it's not easily able to be watched well that was going to be my next question for you was um you know did you get to see any bars that played any mls games like fc cincinnati i'm sure was on every single tv over there but (laughs) (laughs) you know i i actually i don't even think i saw other than the internet miami messy jerseys i didn't see another mls um jersey hat um, swag or anything like that. So hmm. I actually saw a Bengals hat, believe it or not. Really? That was kind of, that was hey. kind of fun. Yeah. In R. Rome, R. I saw R. that. R. Um, that was the only thing that was actually uh, from American sport, but yeah, I, I just think um, if, cause Europe, Europe is a huge market. I'd say probably more so than Asia. Granted, I know there's a lot of people in Asia, but not a lot of people play or watch the sport. Right. But I think if you're wanting to, because it's easy to watch Premier League because it's good timing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But if you want to, um, in my opinion, help grow the sport in uh, other markets, that's probably uh, moving the times. Probably would be helpful. Were I, you able I, to like, like catch a, the matches then? No. So I, I actually ended up watching all the highlights. Okay. I didn't. I, I, I couldn't. Um, I couldn't help myself seeing the scores and stuff. Right. So that would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I was always like curious too. uh, you know, we talk about, I think, uh, Obi's family for a while in Nigeria had been watching Apple TV and watching the FC games for a while. 
Um, so I was always interested to see like how the stream was, you know, from around the world or whatever, if, you know, if that was the case, if people are able to tune in and all of that, but I guess it would just be dependent on where you're at. So, so yeah, with it, with it being six hours ahead, you know, and you have premier league games, we, we wake up at like eight, nine in the morning to watch premier league games that are, you know, mid afternoon, if not, you know, later on in the day when you have those three o'clock games, a little bit later for them over there. So would that mean having it kind of, I mean, I think the struggle with MLS changing the time is competing with baseball, to be honest with you, um, because there's a lot of midday games um, and that being a more American sport, right? Other than soccer. Um, So that, that may be some of the reason about conflicting stuff as well as I think in American sports, like, later on in the day kind of that night game that nightcap um it allows people to get off work go to the game etc um so i think if there were more games within the week kind of like every single week there would be a wednesday saturday and then so on i think it might be a lot easier to put that game at like a one o'clock three o'clock game and then people in europe could watch it no yeah i I definitely agree with like weekday games like keep those late like (laughs) I I don't even think I watched the late Premier League game was, but uh, during the week. But yeah, I think I mean one one p.m. I mean, yeah. have one or two games. You don't have to have every single one. You know, like the big, maybe a big game, maybe a a lesser known one. Just just something. I don't know. It was a, it was a thought because uh, you got to yeah. respect the uh, American travelers when you go over there. So <laughs> it's not a bad shout too with like some of the bigger names that are probably going to follow now that Messi's in the MLS is, you know, how does that reach different parts of the world with these big time players that are coming over? And do you target more of those markets, you know, for those games, you know, do we specialize, like we're going to put, you know, all Messi games at this time. So people in Spain or Argentina can, I don't know, you know, stuff like that would be kind of interesting. So, um, I wanted to ask you guys before we go to a break here, uh, I got a good trivia question of the week for you. You ready? Let's go. We're going to actually give everyone the, uh, the answer this time at the end of the episode as well. (laughs) Um, A little bit of mystery last week. Yeah, it was, it was, I kind of liked it that way, but our trivia question of the week. So who is the highest capped FC Cincinnati player still playing their club football or soccer around the world? So is this highest capped player for FC Cincinnati or overall? So I'm saying highest capped FC Cincinnati, like the most caps for FC Cincinnati that are like uh, former players, but they're playing around the world. Can they still be playing for FC Cincinnati? They cannot. Okay. All right. So it has to be somebody different. Correct. Okay. Former players still playing, but playing around the world. Oh. That's a tough one. But had the most FC Cincinnati. Okay. Correct. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Kendall Austin. Okay. Kendall Austin, who plays, I believe in Costa Rica. Yeah. All right. Zach, what about you? Man, I was thinking it was going to be one of those uh, former players on that list that you sent, but (laughs) You know, I actually, in my mind, I had Harris Madunian in. Okay. 
So I think I'll go with him. Now I'm going to ask you guys, I guess, numbers, if you wanted to throw out numbers for amount of caps or you just want to keep it on the players. Yeah. Let's just keep it at the players. You could, you could make a wild guess though. And you know, see if you're right. I, I don't want to be completely off and not, you know, not right. know. All right. So we'll keep it as players there and uh, tune into the end of the episode. We'll give you uh, the answers for that. I promise this time. Um, so uh, we're going to go to break here and then we'll be right back with you guys. So agility is a technology driven soccer training facility. So we offer six facets of training. Uh, that would be tech touch uh, with ball launchers that work on your first touch, the TSZ, uh, which is the ESA equipment and working on decision making. We also have a circuit. Uh, circuit training would be taking the ESA equipment to the next level. It's kind of like a soccer obstacle course. Then we offer neuroscience training with our reflection tools, uh, working on processing things a little bit faster and eye coordination and such. Uh, we offer skills classes, which is your typical coverage skills training. Um, lots of people still enjoy that. So we work on a lot of attacking 1v1 skills. And then we also offer athlete development. So our athletes come here and they work on speed, agility, uh, quickness, explosive movements, really just learning how to move and function a little bit better as an athlete. Welcome back, everyone. Um, we're here talking on the international break, I guess, a little bit on some FC players that played for their respective national teams. Uh, during this break, I kind of wanted to touch on, we you know, are saying this is an international break. We have a decent amount of FC Cincinnati players um, that are actually playing around the world, former guys, um, you know, for us that now again are playing all over mainly Europe, but we have some, you know, South American teams that they play for as well. So I thought this would be a cool time to kind of touch on them and what they're doing. Um, you know, it is kind of fun now that we have a larger alumnus of FC players to kind of see, you know, how they're contributing to other teams. Um, but even at, you know, the highest of levels around the world, uh, maybe some at the lowest of levels, but I think we're going to highlight on some good ones here. So we have a, a decent amount that we'll kind of touch on, and I hope you guys are kind of interested in this. I thought it was kind of cool to see. So um, I'll start out with uh, Harris Majunjanen, um, uh, former FC Cincinnati player, played in the MLS with us. Um, kind of interesting on him. He had gone back to the Netherlands last year. Um, and actually just got transferred to a team in Spain. He plays in the um, actual third Spanish division. He plays for uh, Castellon. He's a center midfielder and actually scored his first goal for the club uh, in their first game of their season uh, about two weeks ago, I think, or maybe a week and a half ago. Um, so he's like 38 or 39 and he's like killing it still. And I love it. I looked back his first game he ever played professionally was in 2003, 2004. Insane. He's been playing for 20 years. What a career. Yeah. So pretty cool to see that he's actually still doing it. And in his games, it's not like he's playing like 20 minutes. He's starting and playing 90 minutes. It's unbelievable. So awesome to see that. Yeah, 38 years old. My goodness. Like the man's still chugging along. He at, at points when he was playing for us, barely looked like he was chugging along. And then <laughs> you know, he'd, he'd hit a speed boost and he would just he'd score. But yeah, yeah, crazy. Um next up we got Alan Cruz. Um he's playing some games down in Costa Rica. Seems like a lot of our 
uh, Costa Rica born players just went back home, but he's playing for the first division down there. Um, they just started their season kind of like uh, premier league, everybody else. Um, so um, he has a couple of appearances, no goals. I believe he has a yellow card as, as a stat right now. Um, so he's, he's in the books, right? Um, but yeah, he, he's back down in, in Costa Rica. Kind of interesting note on him, Sam, um, about a month or two ago was rumored that he was running a fishing boat out of Costa Rica before he was playing. <laughs> well, yeah. So he again. was, yeah, he was a free transfer for a while and he, yeah, I guess he got picked up. Yeah. So, and Love apparently, that. yeah. Isn't that, isn't that kind of funny? I thought it was kind of cool. Everybody has their um, own little uh, hobbies and careers outside of soccer. It's cool to see. Um, next up, our uh, very friendly Aussie, um, Harrison Delbridge. Um, he is playing in the Korean first division right now for Incheon United. Um, probably butchered the name, but that's all right. Uh, he, I think it was a 2-0 um, draw or draw. 2-0 loss um, against some other uh, Pohang Steelers, which is awesome because they have American um, naming. But he actually had the most, uh, won the most duels. So, I mean, it's probably not very <laughs> difficult um, against a bunch of Koreans. I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but um, he, he's definitely very tall. I remember him always um, winning against... Um, a few of the um, taller people, I, I think, and Dom, I think he uh, mm-hmm. was, was that back when in the USL days? Uh, right around then. I think, I don't know if Delbridge had crossover with him though. I think he oh, might've been okay. on only on the first team, first or second team. Uh, and then he also had the um, most tackles. I think it was on that, in that game. I still think Delbridge could come back and like contribute to this current team, to be honest. I mean, he's 31. He still has it. Yeah, he was playing for Melbourne United down in Australia, kind of a, a city football connect there, which was kind of cool. Uh, always thought maybe he would make the leap up to another city football team, but it never happened, but that's okay. Um <laughs> Moving along, though, uh, I saw some interesting things about Joe Zhao. Um, so our former player, you know, in the MLS, I thought he was one of our more exciting players, was actually the highest rated FIFA player for speed, I believe, one year in the game or tied up there for one of the fastest. Um, he currently plays for Denger Force, I believe. Um, maybe I'm butching that, but the Swedish first division. Um, they're in a relegation battle, so their season kind of runs similar to the MLS. Um, but he's been getting a lot of minutes. He's starting, you know, as their, um, I believe, left back over there, which was kind of interesting. I think I saw that correctly, either left back or right back, but he was playing out wide. Um, but getting good minutes in the Swedish division is a pretty solid division, I would say, too. Hey, yeah, he was usually, what was that, Zach? No, finish your thought. Well, I was I was just gonna say usually you know makes sense he's on the on the outside but usually he was more of a, a wing back um, yeah kind of like to go up the side even even a winger at times um, with, with us at least so um, interesting to see like how he's playing um, specifically yeah it was interesting you said they're they're fight, fighting for relegation battle so are they on the same season schedule as MLS then 
Yeah, that's what I was fascinated by. It it looked like he had played like 22 matches, but maybe when I saw it, it might have been lumped in to like last year's stats maybe on Mm. that. Because I would have thought the European seasons kind of ran parallel, you know, so that they could get like Europa Leagues. And I actually like think that. I actually think you're right on that. I think it, it runs with the MLS like similar because it's cold, right? I mean, you you wouldn't want to play in Sweden. <laughs> oh, so all all my all my experience playing FIFA over here, um, <laughs> I, I I I do think you know experimenting in some of the different leagues. Um, I, I do think there are some European leagues that do kind of have that format. Um, and then they'll play if they do qualify for Champions League or Europa League, Conference League, whatever, then they'll play whenever, you know, their off season is. Interesting. Yeah. Never would have thought that. Yeah, that's fascinating. Sam, who do you have up next? Yeah, we had uh, the man, the myth, the legend himself, uh, probably the second guy who deserves a statue at FC, but uh, Ledesma um, playing with the Las Vegas Lights right now. Um, He's only got one goal and one assist. Um, I believe he's played 16 games so far. Um, He'll be our our podcast jersey swap of the week uh, for this week, which is really cool. But um, he continues, you know, like we talked about in prior episodes, he continues to be a guy that shouts out FC Cincinnati anytime he gets. Um, you got f- traveling fans that still wear, you know, FC jerseys. He's signing FC Cincinnati stuff. Um, recently, he said, you know, memories that I'll always carry in my mind and my heart for the rest of my life is, you know, at FC Cincinnati. He said, FC Cincinnati is my family, my club, my city. So um, at some point, you know, when he does decide to hang it up, we we got to bring him back. He's got to pull the sword. He's got to do something. I think he's got to pull the sword. And somebody commented that it was, I guess his tweet was in reference to a video of him scoring a goal against DC United in 2019. They kind of cut to Wayne Rooney and Wayne Rooney's like pissed off in the moment when it happens. But it was so cool to see him say that. And I think, you know, we're talking about players around the world, but I had to shout him out just because He's had so much experience playing, you know, with Middlesbrough um, in the championship over in England. He's been a legend wherever he's gone. And yeah, Sam, I'm I'm in agreement. I think he's right there for, uh, you know, getting some sort of statue or something. I mean, you have to shout him out. It's pretty cool to see. The man's got a wicked left foot. Love to see it. Moving on, we have Caleb Stanko starting defensive mid for the um, PAS Lamia in the Greek first division, they lost four to zero and he was the highest rated on the team at 7.2. <laughs> I thought I had to put that in there just because I thought it was fascinating. <laughs> like Caleb Stanko's still playing. I, I guess pretty well too, because he, uh, he had the most tackles in the match and he had pretty good, um, passing percentage too. So, I mean, I guess he deserves the uh, higher high rating. Yeah, that's fascinating. I don't know, man. And kind of interesting, like um, we'll, we'll kind of touch on it here in a little bit. He's playing the same division as one of our other players. So we'll kind of get around to that here in a minute. But um, Tyler Blackett's going to be my next one that um, I was kind of interested to see how he was doing at Rotterdam United. So he's their starting center back in the championship. So the level right below the Premier League. Um, dude's been playing center back and starting for them against the likes of Stoke City, 
Leicester United just beat Norwich, another huge club over there. Um, so he didn't quite pan out for FC Cincinnati and, uh, you know, our center back role, um, but seems to do pretty dang well over in England where he's comfortable and where, you know, he had actually played for Manchester United um, for 12 appearances. So um, kind of cool to see that he's doing well and against some pretty solid teams too. Yeah, I, I think anytime you can get a former player, I mean, he, he went back to the the championship, you know, where we got him from when he was with Nottingham. But um, yeah, I mean, cool to see he's still playing, still starting. Um, you know, as these guys get a little bit older, it's it's cool to see that they're bringing that veteran presence to a lot of the, the different teams that they play for. Yeah. I, I think that was definitely the most shocking uh, player on the list. Um, I, I was surprised that he's still able to play at such a high level. I mean, championship is in a league to like pass off. Right. I mean, they're yeah. the top 10, I would say are really pretty good teams. I don't know where Rotherham sits on the, um, the table, but I mean, that's, that's pretty cool that he was able to get back with the um, championship um, league and continue playing at a high level. Yeah, Sam, I think you had the the final one that we're going to touch on, but uh who did? Yeah, you you had touched on Stanko was, you know, in the same division as as this guy Ronald Monterita um is in the Greek first division as well playing left back. Um he also had had a chance which is really cool to to play in the um I believe it was the Conference League qualifiers. Um played four games um for his team and so he actually, they they actually just lost to to Dynamo Kaviv. Um, wow, at this this past round, so um, they I believe won that that first round on that home and away leg, and then um, lost the I believe it was the away leg um, at on Dynamo. PKs, I think I saw right. Yeah, eight six on penalty. Um, wow. he he got a yellow card, so he was in the books on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so pretty cool to see him making some noise. Um, you know, at a European stage, European level. Unfortunately, didn't you know make it to um those first rounds of the Conference League. But as Ryan mentioned, he also got some caps for um the Costa Rica national team uh, against Saudi Arabia. Um, this past week, um, contributing to that three-one win. Um, so always cool to see former players continue to get national team call-ups as well. I thought it was interesting that they kind of brought him back because um, I think he had a pretty bad ankle injury last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he yes. went over to <laughs> Ukraine of all places, I think, and was actually playing his club football over there for a little while during the war. Um, but, uh, made the roster for the world cup. Didn't, I don't think made an appearance in the world no. cup, but yeah. they think highly enough of him that he's back and he's starting in their left back role, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. So, um, that was a, kind of a cool segment just to kind of shout out some former players, um, honorable mention to Tom Pedersen, uh, who's playing in the swish swish swiss swiss first division that is a bundle of words there that was hard to say um but scored a goal actually um played 90 minutes in a starting back role 
Um, so Tom Pedersen, man, that I think that would have been probably the one out there the most for me that, uh, you know, he didn't really do anything for us in FC Cincinnati, but he's still playing competitively over in Europe. So kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, moving on, we'll get back to FC Cincinnati current team and current players. Um, we have an upcoming match this week against Philadelphia. A huge game, in my opinion, actually, is to kind of like swing the balance for Supporters Shield. Um, so Saturday night, we're going to be playing Philly uh, without Lucho. It's going to be a huge blow to the team, I'm sure, in some ways. But we've had now, you know, kind of two weeks to prepare for it. And I really hope that we're ready to go. Yeah, I um, I think this is going to be a really tough game. It really is. You got Philly away um fourth on the table so um there's there's a i mean no no disrespect to the rest of the teams there in the east that are underneath us um but it's a tight race for second place to be honest with you like yeah there's i think three or four teams that are right in there like i want to say 48 47 46 right there um i think orlando and the revs and philly i think are those those teams um that are kind of right next to each other so it's a tight race. They got a lot to play for um, as far as, you know, seating playoff seating, um, you know, the, the past three games against Philly for FC Cincinnati, we've gone two and one. So um, those two wins being at TQL though, which is unfortunate. Um, I don't, I don't, I can't remember the last time we, we beat Philly at home, but yeah, Ryan was saying no Lucho uh, at, at Philly. So this, uh, this should be interesting to see who we go with in the midfield. I know we had talked a little bit about, um, you know, that being up in the air, is it going to be Kubo? Is it going to be, uh, maybe Angula? Is it going to be somebody, you know, are they going to drop down, um, you know, Bupenza false nine, like what, what's going to happen here? Um, so I think it'll be interesting, but I, I did want to note one thing about this fixture, um, or, you know, kind of Philly versus, uh, FC Cincinnati. I, I was looking, you know, fi- trying to find stats and different things. I saw Paxton Aronson is actually the leading fixture goal scorer for this kind of, you know, these matches, right. Wow. Uh, since FC Cincinnati got into the MLS and he doesn't even play for him anymore. He plays for Frankfurt. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting stat. I was going to say it's with about the, all the like second place teams that you mentioned, Do, don't they have something to play for? Don't they have like, Cap Champions League or something to play for? Is that only the top two in the West and East? You might be right, Zach. I think you're right about that. The top teams uh, kind of get automatically qualified. I think it is um, top two. Yeah. Is it top two? So so it's not like they're not – because I was going to say, oh, they're not going to really play for anything because they're only playing for four, first place. But, no, I think they – um, I think it'll be a fun actually to watch the second-place teams kind of battle it out towards the end of the season to see who does make that. Well, I, I think it, it's based off of those teams because some of those teams have already clinched a spot due to other say, other yeah, cups, yeah. right? So, um, you know, some of those teams may have already clinched a spot and maybe it falls to somebody who's in third or fourth. Um, so there is still stuff to play for if you want to get in those, you know, desired other cups for next season. There's so many competitions now, too, yep. that you can qualify for it. I wonder if that changes, you know, how many teams get to – qualify based on their standing in the week yeah right 
Well, and then I guess just to speak to the um, the actual match itself. So I think if we can remember that match that we won 1-0 at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. that match was tough to watch because Philadelphia held a very tight um, line. I think between the top of the line and the, their back line was like 10 yards maybe. And you could not feed the ball through there to save your life. So I think it's going to be a lot of long balls, through balls, um, hopefully get Bupenza on the ball, um, use his body or Sergio Santos if we can. Maybe have Kubo as Kubo or um, or Bupenza as a false nine, kind of like what you were saying, Sam. Um, just to kind of like ping the ball off Vasquez so Kubo can catch it and then relay it back up as a through ball or something like that. I think it's going to be a lot of um, one, two touches up top so that we can get the um, space opened up. I think that's a good shout on like, especially the last time that we played them and you know how that affects us now. And especially with the people we have Um, Zach, you kind of referenced a tight line, but their line plays higher up uh, opposed to like Orlando who kind of dropped back and, held like a lower block against us and we had a tough time breaking them down in the box. So I wonder if they kind of used that from the first game, but kind of translated to we're going to counter attack a little bit more and hold a lower block against us. Cause they see that we can't really break teams down as well in that manner. I hope they don't. And I hope they play a higher line because we kind of thrive in the settings of where we can play the ball through, but we won't have Lucho who leads who the league yeah. and, you know, breakthrough balls. That. Yeah. So that's where it's kind of like, how are we going to go about that then? Should would it be an interesting shout considering Bupenza played a little bit of the midfield this you know international break? Do we just slot Bupenza into that cam spot and then just have Santos and Vasquez up top? Like, is he good enough to facilitate that? I would interchange him with Kubo and see if those guys could you know keep go Kubo back and, and Moreno there in the midfield. Then say that part again. Like Kubo and Moreno in the midfield, and then Bupenza as. I would say 10. Obi and Moreno, and then have Kubo as like a 10 switch with um, Bupenza, kind of go back and forth. They could interchange between it to kind of have creativity, but one's maybe playing up a little bit higher at sometimes, one drop back a little bit more. What you're losing a little bit in that, and I mean, Lucha doesn't do a ton of it all the time. Like there's some games where Lucha's playing defense a lot more, there's other games where he's not in involved really at all in that you're missing kind of Kubo's midfield positioning, I guess, in that sense where Philly is going to run you through the middle and then push it out wide and feed it into the box. That's their kind of like whole game plan. Um, So I think the midfield battle will be huge uh, in this game. And they always kind of play like very, very fundamental soccer um, and always seem to like find these, random balls into the box that they score to be honest with you um they don't really i don't believe have anyone out right now either so it'll be a pretty full philly squad um zach go ahead they do not have bedoya oh really okay interesting yeah he got a red card suspension as well okay all right maybe it may have been five cards but um and they also don't have flock okay all right so that helps us the guy that scored against us in the playoffs last year Um, so what will be interesting for me too, is, uh, seeing some of the international guys come back. Are they jet lagged? Are they, you know, 
going to be ready to play a full 90 minutes? Is Mourinho going to start and play that long? Is Arias going to start and have to, you know, have a lot of minutes? What What's good at least is they're not playing a ton for their countries, but the travel more is what I'm worried about. What are the chances Obi gets a, another card in this game? High. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> you knew the answer to that one. How many? So one more and he gets another? No, I think he's got like three or four. I want to say probably I want to say probably two or three. It seems like almost every every game, every other game. Yeah. Let's touch on yellows real quick, Coz. Uh, compared to the last episode, we didn't really get to see this transform a little bit because it was too early. We didn't even get a chance to appeal this yellow card that Lucho had. There wasn't even an opportunity to appeal it. But then Orlando appeals the red card and loses. So how are we not able to do that? I don't understand that. No clue. I don't. I don't know. That's that's in, that's interesting. Yeah, bizarre. And I I think it was because of um, uh, what am I thinking of? Where he goes up to the ref and was yelling at him. I think is what they call dissent. Isn't that dissent? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it ultimately ended up being for the yellow. And you can't like go back and uh, appeal that. Yeah, because it's and they not said I guess reviewable. if it was the foul, then they can appeal that part of things. But apparently the ref says it was him and the constant dissent with him that led to that plus the tackle, apparently. That's fair. That's fair. So, which, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to – yeah, yeah. Lucha does, definitely does that. Um, <laughs> but something to look out for, Baji's back. He's um, back training he in full. Yeah. I'm very excited to have him back, honestly, compared to Santos recently. Um, so I, I would really love to see a healthy Baji contribute in this game. Mascara is also back. And Mascara should be playing a full 90 as well, full which back. would be huge. Yeah. Huge for us. Um, you gotta win without Lucho on the road against a tough Philly team. But I have faith in us. Um, we have seven games left in this MLS regular season. We had some favorable results with St. Louis tying late uh with LA Galaxy last night. Um, and I believe New England actually had a tie as well. So now we are nine points ahead in Supporter Shield, um, but have one game in hand against St. Louis and are even in terms of uh, games with New England. So we'll be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, Philly is going to be a tough game, but I'm ready for it. I'm going to predict a, personally a 1-1 tie. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going to go zero zero. I'm going to go draw. I th- I think we get a point. I, I didn't want to say one, one, but I'll go zero zero. <laughs> you could say one, one, if you want to say one, one. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> Zach, I'm going to be that guy. I, I don't know if we'll be able to pull one through without Lucho. I, you don't think? Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a one nil. No loss. That better be the last loss. Cause I hate to see another two games in a row. Well, and uh, there goes, you know, more the like the the records right as much yeah. as this uh this season is meant if we're gonna do the records like this game will prove to us that we can do it if they can beat philly in philly that that will really set That's a good tone point. of like yeah. without lucho yeah. without lucho like you you are a record holding team at that yeah. point and it's not just lucho carrying this team like because he's right now he's number one in the mvp rating yeah as he should be yeah as he should be <laughs> But um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, our honorable 
mention for MVP, in my opinion, uh, would be one of the defenders, Mascara or Miazga. I think either one or Barial. You have a couple guys that are pretty solid that are still going to be playing in this game and playing meaningful uh, minutes. So it should be interesting. Yeah, I, think, I think Miazga will wear that captain arms, armband. Yeah, I think in the game against Vancouver earlier in the year, he certainly did. Um, so it'll be uh, interesting to see. So yeah. are you guys ready for a, a trivia answer? We're going to do a trivia answer now. Didn't Bring think it. you'd ever forget. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> again, the question. So who is the highest capped FC Cincinnati um, player or former player, I should say, still playing with their club team, I guess, uh, across the world? And Zach had locked in Majunjanet. Sam had locked in Kendall Waston. Are you guys ready? <laughs> Zach, you freaking nailed it, man. Harris Majunjanen. It's number two, baby. 73 caps for FC Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, honestly, really cool to see, again, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, that he's doing so well and still playing at his age. But, yeah, Zach, you nailed it. I'm surprised Alan Cruz actually didn't have more. It seemed like he's been on the team for, like, he, he was, but I think Harris played longer because, like, either Alan Cruz was out on injury or, you know, random things that happened over the to, past. To be fair, years. Alan got dropped out of the squad um, with Yopstam, and yeah. I think Harris um, Harris usually got a lot more sub minutes as well. If we want to look point. at former players um, now playing, I guess, in different leagues, like, I think Cruz is up there, Moderita's up there. Um, they had actually kind of listed Kenny Walker up there, but I don't think he's playing anymore. And he played for Kings hammer. Yeah, um, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, Justin Hoyt was on there as well, but he's not playing anymore. Um, but he had like 80 something caps for FC. So that was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, Zach, you nailed it. So it. we will, uh, I guess, uh, you know, finish this episode with with that awesome trivia answer there zach good job on nailing that you said that was the second time you've gotten an answer <laughs> i think yeah. it is i think awesome. zach's the only person who's got something right to be honest with you <laughs> no i think All there's been a couple but uh we will uh, see you guys next week we'll chat a little bit hopefully about a solid game against philly we're optimistic here um but we'll we'll have a lot to talk about about that game i'm sure yeah another game uh on that wednesday to talk about as well Yep. Zach, any uh any final remarks? Nope, no more from me, fellas. <laughs> Have a good night. All right, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>